Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another installment of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Today, we have Jesus Villa. In his bio, he says, after immigrating from Mexico at age five, he grew up in a small town in southeastern Wisconsin across from a cornfield. His house was always filled with eclectic music, and he began playing guitar by age 10. By high school, he was writing music and performing professionally. He currently performs around the Milwaukee area with the acoustic trio, the Front Porch Rockers. He has also written and composed several musical theater productions. And in 2017, co-founded the Kangaroo Lake Songwriters Collective. In August 2020, he released The Lone Pine Sessions, his first solo EP. His folk rock sound has been described as relevant, but with a retro feel. His website is JesusViaSongs.com, and that'll be in the show notes. And his music is available on JesusViaSongs.Bandcamp.com, which also will be in the show details. And wherever you stream or download your music. Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin. It is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio, recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. Let's get right into the conversation. Thanks so much for being here on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Why don't we start with you telling us all about your music origin story? Sure. Uh, so I grew up in a pretty musical house and a fairly diverse musical house. Uh, you know, so from a young age, listened to everything from classical music, traditional Mexican music, and a lot of 60s singer songwriters. But I think the moment that really led me to to want to create music myself was in about third grade and our school was going through some construction and they were uh, tearing up the music rooms so the music teacher was coming around to our classrooms uh, and he would show up with a an acoustic guitar and he would just you know lead us in singing and we were singing John Denver songs, Kenny Rogers songs, you know, these songs that I I knew. And the whole idea of of that portable sing-along kind of thing appealed to me. So I went home and I told my parents, I want to learn to play guitar. And uh, they, uh, they got me a guitar, signed me up for lessons. 
and I took lessons for about a year, but I didn't really practice. I was, you know, <laughs> 10 years old. And so after a year, they said, well, if you're not practicing, you know, we don't want to keep paying for lessons, but I kept the guitar. And it wasn't too many years later that I picked it up again, because at that point in my life, I discovered that playing guitar could help me meet girls. And that was a big motivator. So from there, it just kind of kept on. I, um, uh, I played, I sang, I uh, started my first band in high school and uh, have had a series of bands ever since. And uh, a lot of cover music, a lot of uh, original music. Um, my, re my current band is a three-piece acoustic cover band called the Front Porch Rockers. Yeah, I read that in your, in your bio. Yeah, we've been together 11 years now, but then on top of that, I'm still doing uh, a lot of songwriting, and that's uh, that's mostly on my own or with uh, various friends and things like that, so still pursuing all of that, and uh, it's been great. Cool. Since you started, what changes have you noticed over time from when you first started out to before COVID started? I think in terms of live performance, uh, not a lot has changed, you know? I mean, people are always looking for uh, reasons to gather, and uh, music is a good excuse to do it. So the live gigs that I play now, in a lot of fundamental ways, are just the same as the live gigs I played back in college, you know? It's, it's people getting together, they, uh, they like hearing songs they know, and then after they get to know you. They like hearing original stuff. And um, so that part hasn't changed. I think what's changed the most besides technology and, uh, you know, the, the democratization in some ways of being able to put music out there. Um, the other thing that's changed is really the way the, the industry, I think, approaches it. It's a lot easier to make music and get music out there now than it has ever been. But at the same time, I truly think it's more challenging to make a living as a musician than, than maybe it used to be. Yeah. It seems like the fees that we get paid as musicians haven't changed in 40 years, probably, right. if not more. So yeah, it kind of feels yeah. like it's a little stuck. <laughs> there's, you know, there's interesting uh, explorations. Like I'm, I haven't, I haven't dived into the patronage model yet, you know, that you, you have out there, like, uh, um, buy me a coffee is, is one of the ones that, uh, someone was turning me on to recently. And I like the idea, the concept of it, that you can go straight to the consumers, straight to your fans. And, uh, whether you're making YouTube videos, whether you're making music, um, that's a model that I think is promising, but, Again, it's it's not for everyone, and it takes a lot of uh, of work to sort of build that. But I but I do think that that's a promising model. Beyond that, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's it's really hard to you've eliminated the middleman in a lot of ways in terms of again getting the music out there and connecting to fans. But that doesn't mean anyone's paying you for it. When you had a middleman and you had a decent one, then it worked, but then if you didn't, then they were stealing from you or they just weren't doing what they needed to do to help you out. For sure. This group that you're in now, you're, you have it put together. What's your practice schedule? How do you 
you work that out. So again, taking COVID out of the equation, because yeah. that, that disrupted everything. Right. Um, it really helps to have a group that we've been together as long as we have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we had gotten to the point where every year we try to learn a few new songs, but for the most part, we had four or five hours of music that we could pull out for any gig whenever we needed it. And that, that represents years of practicing playing together. And it was much more fluid. Um, We focus heavily on playing during the summer months, um, which is, which is great in Wisconsin. (laughs) So getting out there. So there's usually uh, some rehearsal that uh, happens in March and April where we get back together and kind of, you know, blow the dust off from the winter months. Um, but this year, because we weren't gigging for, I think I was trying to do the math, but I think it was 15 months in between our uh, last live in-person gig and the the latest one that we just did. And 15 months, that's a long time. So yeah. we've been getting together once a week. Um, we usually meet on either my uh, singing partner's porch, uh, hence the name from Porch Rockers. <laughs> Or in my garage, which uh, is a little more impervious to the weather. And uh, we set designated times, how long we're going to be there. Um, Keeps us focused a little more that way. And we go into every rehearsal with a list. These are the songs we're going to work on. Um, Very much believe in the philosophy. You go to band rehearsal, not to learn songs, but uh, to actually practice them together. Yeah. Uh, So that's that's worked fairly well for us um and uh we're you know we we feel like we're back up to fighting strength and it wasn't like we were taking the whole year off we were doing other work but we weren't playing together and that's the part that gets gets rusty Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not exercising it exactly exactly and then what are you looking for forward to now that things are starting to open up again and people are actually getting out to see live music which is a great thing where do you want to perform so the best way to keep up with us is uh, through the website fromporchrock.com or uh, I do solo gigs as well and that's jesusviasongs.com and we're all over social media so uh, that's the best way to kind of find where we are. We we play, um, I, again, we gravitate toward outdoor gigs uh, and we have gigs lined up pretty much starting uh, end of July all the way through into October at this point. Uh, And they've been coming in pretty regularly now. So that's been great. Uh, We love the beer gardens. We love um, their their couple venues, you know, with the big patios and everything else that uh, we're back playing to. This year we're playing Pet Fest down on the Summerfest grounds. Uh, We've played Summerfest in the past. so this year we can tell people, well, we're playing at the Summerfest grounds and they'll be like, oh, Summerfest? No, Petfest. So we're, uh, we're considering uh, getting some branded bandanas or Frisbees or something like that that we can toss into the crowd and watch them go nuts, you know, at Petfest. But, uh, but I think what we're looking forward to most is getting out and getting that energy again. Um, we have played already this summer and you can just feel it everybody is ready to 
get out again and to have that that experience and and connection um it's such an energy and we've been missing it i totally agree when i when i used to play out too that's what i was always looking forward to once winter was officially pretty much gone wisconsin's like all right let's let's get some of these gigs going because we've been cooped up all winter in wisconsin there's not much to do during the winter Absolutely. And now, you know, on top of the winter, you take away the summer last year as well. Yeah, everybody is ready to go. And it's, uh, yeah, so, and it's good. I uh, I was uh, concerned about a lot of the venues and a lot of uh, my fellow musicians, you know, and how everyone would pull through it. Uh, but it seems like a lot of venues did, you know, it, there have been relatively few closings of venues in our area and that's good news because i know a lot of people were hurting a lot yeah. of people were hurting yeah and speaking of local venues let's talk about the local uh scene attitude you know over time i mean obviously you've seen a lot of the positives and a lot of the struggles in that so kind of give us your perspective on what you've seen positive about uh, the local scene that you're involved with i think it's uh you know it's a it's a very social and engaged scene um there's a lot of live music and part of it goes to what we were just talking about you know people get through the winter and they're all eager to get out there so we're met with a lot of enthusiasm a lot of energy and a lot of positivity and that's that's a really great thing and and i think that's true of nearly every venue and across genres and things like that like it's it's a real really solid community in that way um it's it's been interesting that uh there are a lot of venues you know i think about uh jim lineman's place yeah i think about um shank hall and and their their institutions you know and there are folks who have been going there uh to hear live music for 30 40 years and there are more and more of these uh coffee houses and things like that opening up uh, and providing uh, just like I, I uh, the back room at the Colectivo, you know, when they started doing music a couple years back, it really was like anytime you go there, you're going to hear someone solid. You're going to hear something good. And uh, and there are a lot of spaces like that. But honestly, like uh, I, I'm seeing more venues opening up. Uh, more recently, there are some, uh, you know, Ivy House has got some great programming. Um, the uh, the corners of Brookfield, which we're playing this year, uh, Mayfair Collection, and a lot of other places, you know, that are uh, they're they're creating shopping experiences around this idea of almost like a village, and they include a stage, they include that space where people can get together, bring their lawn chairs, um, buy from local vendors, and that that's newer and that's that's just a great scene to be part of yeah yeah uh, definitely we, we love it yeah it's you know it's it's nice to have something new to go to and experience a live music performance because i think we've been kind of stuck in a rut for a long long time with the same old same old which is you know a lot of that stuff is great to do but you add something new to the mix and that just brings mm -hmm a new excitement to live music again. So there's an organization that I belong to, uh, Wisconsin Music Ventures, and uh, joined, them up, joined up with them fairly recently. One of the things that, that they're doing 
is they're looking for unique spaces uh, and providing music to those spaces. And, you know, we're talking like rock climbing gyms. We're talking uh, uh, not, not necessarily cafes or bars, but uh, different shops and places where uh, as a consumer, you don't necessarily go there expecting that you're going to hear music and there it is. And it's a very unique experience. I think it kind of, uh, fits in well with this uh, age of Instagram, right? Where mm -hmm. people are looking for something different, something unique that makes you stand out. And I, uh, I, I'm kind of digging that. Uh, the other thing that I started doing a couple of years back with my uh, original solo stuff are house concerts. And that's also a really unique way to connect with fans and new fans and bring music in, in a setting where, uh, uh, you know, at, at first it doesn't feel like it's got the same power as the large stages on the lakefront or anything like that, but you end up with a more intimate connection, musician directly to the fan, and you can talk afterwards and, uh, and some of, of, of the best, uh, relationships with fans have grown from those type of events. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's, it's just I'm hoping I'm right, and I think some of the positives coming out of coming out of this pandemic is that music is going to be live music is going to be more supported than it has been in a long time. I I would hope so too. I think I think there are a lot of people who realize how much they missed it mm -hmm. and that connection. But I also think that uh, part of our job as artists and uh, also those supporting artists is to remind people of that. You know. Um, that's mm -hmm. something that I had to learn over, uh, a couple decades of playing, you know, when I first started playing, I would never think to just go on the mic and say, Hey, don't forget to tip the musicians. <laughs> like it just seemed like obnoxious, Yeah, but I don't, I don't hesitate anymore. And I, uh, w you don't have to be pushy about it, but it is a reminder. It's like, look, we're we put a lot of time into this and yeah, we do this because we enjoy it and we bring something, but you know, it's, a, it's, it's not a cheap hobby. No. <laughs> and it's, no, it's yeah. um, what about some of the struggles that you've seen over the years in the local scene, you know, things that you think would help the musicians if someone got behind it or an organization got behind some of the things that are suffocating the local scene. Yeah. So I think, um, I think Milwaukee area, uh, metropolitan Milwaukee has, has earned a reputation, like, uh, not necessarily as supportive of original music, you know, uh, everyone wants to hear the cover bands and oftentimes the same cover bands and very talented cover bands and, and everything else. But, um, but for, there are so many artists, again, cross genres uh, in the Milwaukee area that are writing, creating original music. And, uh, and, and there are more spaces for that, but I don't know that they've found that fan base. And, uh, and I, and I think that's part of it. Like I, I talk to my, my friends and things like that. And, and I'll say like, let's, let's go look for original music. Let's go someplace and hear something we've not heard before. Yeah. Uh, and there's always like, you know, some hesitancy about that. Like, oh, I don't know. And, but, but I think, uh, you know, I'll put um, one of, one of the, the, the factors 
that I think has made a difference is uh, local radio. And uh, MSC uh, here in Milwaukee, and then more recently, 88.9, have gone out of their way to not just promote original local music, but create communities that mm-hmm. support that as well. And I, I feel like you're really starting to see some of the impact of that. When I first started doing this back in high school, right, we had the Violent Femmes had done it uh, probably a few years before I knew I was allowed to listen to their music. (laughs) Uh, And then the Bodines had just hit it big uh, at the time that I had put this band together, you know, and they they were just not too far down the street out of Waukesha. And uh, so you knew bands could do it, that they could create original stuff, hit it big, and, and they were you know, they were us, they weren't New York, they weren't Chicago or anything. They were right here. And, um, and I, I think that that's part of the, the wonder is that they, it's, it's not just original music getting out there, but it helps inspire other artists and other creatives. Um, and you're definitely seeing an infrastructure, uh, more people investing in that idea, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's broader than just music. It's let's bring creative energy to the Milwaukee area, to Wisconsin, like let's, because if you bring in original art, you bring in creatives, you're also bringing in uh, a tech community, you're bringing in uh, entrepreneurs, you're bringing in folks who are, are looking to come and make something new, make new things. Uh, and that's, that's a very, very cool energy. Definitely, definitely. Um, so let's kind of talk about current um, projects that you're involved with with the front porch rockers are you guys thinking of going into the studio anytime soon or kind of give us an idea of what's what's happening with that part of the sure. band so so uh it's it's funny when you think about going into the studio so we couldn't go into the studio so one one of the things that came out of the the pandemic last year was that i i got much better at home recording because literally, you know, uh, couldn't go in the studio where we had we had previously gone to do some recording. Um, so I upgraded my setup. I uh, and in a combination went out to a friend's lake house, and uh, also just kind of carved out some space in my basement and and things like that, and ended up recording an EP of original music, just myself. You know, couldn't collaborate. Um, in you know in any way that i had been used to collaborating right and uh and it it forces you to grow you know it's like well if we're if we're gonna create then you got to figure out how to do it um and that was a fantastic experience so out of that grew um my ep the lone pine sessions several singles uh and uh even though we were locked down for me personally, and for my original music, last year was the most productive year I'd ever had because I was, you know, kind of forced to work in this way on these projects. Um, the Front Porch Rockers, because we weren't able to get together, we had to learn how to collaborate remotely. So what I'm working on now with them, for years, uh, we, we've played Christmas gigs. And we love the Christmas gigs and mm-hmm. we'd always play a few Christmas gigs. Uh, and we'd always say, you know, we should, we should record some of this. We should record a Christmas album um, and whatever we do, sell it, give it away, but we should do this. And then what happens is Christmas is over 
and it's January and then February and you forget about Christmas and you forget <laughs> about those songs and you don't get around to it. Right. So this year we're stuck at home. We're trying to figure out, all right, how do we kind of keep an energy going and decided this was the year. So uh, I'm actually um, in the middle of uh, tracking and mixing what will be a Christmas album that so far is on track to release this year. We're uh, almost done with we're we're on vocal recording at this point and mixing things down two original songs and eight uh christmas covers that uh you know kind of capture that that upbeat acoustic sound that we have um and that's that's also been pretty rewarding so yeah we're looking forward to live gigs but at the same time here's this project that i don't know if it would have come about if we hadn't been locked in our houses for a while. I think a lot of projects have been kind of coming to fruition due to the pandemic. Yeah. And it is, it's, uh, it's good to stretch in different directions, yeah. you know, and, and this was, this was really good. So yeah, looking forward to that. I've got another EP of my solo stuff that, uh, uh, hope we're finishing up mixing on that and that should be released before year end as well. That one will be called recombobulation. Cool. Uh, yeah. which, sort of captures again sort of that idea of like let's let's put ourselves back together right uh yeah you were back we had we showcased some of your music back on um looking at my notes here when we did the friday music showcase um episode three so yeah um, thank you for that yeah uh, thank you for participating in that i love hearing about musicians not really have focused on mixing and recording music all of a sudden have a new hobby under their belts that they're working on doing to uh due to the pandemic and it's really cool to hear how different musicians approach it so for you what kind of equipment have you been using to record this these albums these eps at home sure so uh i use logic uh as my daw um because i've got a mac and uh actually a lot of the work uh, that I've done has been on GarageBand, which, uh, you know, engineers will, will turn their nose up at sometimes because that's a, a lighter version. But considering that it's free, uh, it is incredibly powerful software yeah, and, uh, and amazing what you can do with it. Um, but I've got an interface, uh, a 12 channel interface that, uh, that I use here. Um, and a couple, uh, couple really good microphones not not top of the line or anything but you know stuff that you you invest in uh to get you more than just the uh uh the dynamic uh road mics that yeah, we have right and then uh my uh my favorite little thing that i use my wife gave me for christmas she built uh out of pvc pipe and some moving blankets uh, an isolation booth, oh, cool. a vocal isolation booth. And it's, uh, it, it collapses so that it's not taking up space a hundred percent of the time, but, uh, sitting here in the basement, especially when, you know, you can't control when teenagers are stomping their feet overhead or, mm -hmm. or whatever else, all of a sudden I take 10 minutes, I can set up this ISO booth and, uh, and record vo vocals, uh, acoustic guitar, everything like right there. Um, that's been uh, just a game changer as well uh, to have that. So I, I, I do this. I do this uh, because it's fun and because it gets me learning new things. So um, I, as much as I take it seriously, 
it's hard not to think of these things as toys to play with. Yeah. Uh, and so those are the toys that I play with. I, um, uh, I do love, I gravitate toward the acoustic, uh, instruments. Um, I, uh, I like ovations for playing live in particular. So that's what I play. And I've got, uh, I've got a six string banjo, and I've got my uh, fretless bass and uh, between all of that and, and the wonder of MIDI instrumentation, uh, you can create some pretty cool stuff. And, uh, and it's, it's fun to see what you can put together. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I got into recording back in early 2000s and ran my own recording studio and learned all the cool stuff. And I was doing analog and digital hybrid type things. And mm -hmm. it's it's just it's just like playing an instrument. It's a lifelong journey to you know get better and better at it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the the wonders of the digital technology uh, is that you you're not investing in tape, right? right? So like you can do something 10, 20, 30 times trying to get it better and better. And uh, I mean, eventually you run out of storage space, so you got to clean it up, but right. it, it really is set up for, for tinkering uh, and figuring out how can I do this better? How can I do this better? How can I do this better? Yep. Um, and that's, that's very, very freeing and fun. I, I agree. It, yeah, especially when tape is costing probably over $300 a reel now for 15 or 30 minutes, depending on what speed you're running a multi-track at. It's just, it's just nuts. It's crazy. I get a kick out of, uh, you know, you, you get all these uh, ads. If you start doing this, then people start sending you ads. Yep. And there are a lot of uh, plugins that recreate tape sounds or recreate the sounds of vinyl or recreate all that hiss and noise yeah. that... You know, when when I was first in a studio back in high school, like you were working so hard to get rid of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And now they're like, hey, just, you know, for a hundred bucks, we can put it back in for you. Right. It's, exactly. I don't get it. Right. But, all right. <laughs> when you get your holiday EP put together, make sure you, you get back to me because then we can put it on the, the holiday show in December. I will for sure. Yeah. I'm, we're So like I said, there are two original songs on there and I'm very proud of them. I've done. Gosh, for the last three or four years, just on my own, I've uh, written and recorded one original song and just sent it, you know, didn't try to sell it or anything, just sent it out as, as a gift for fans mm -hmm. and uh, always gets a good response. So now we've got a whole album's worth. We're, uh, we're uh, contemplating partnering with a charity um, so that... Uh, if we do sell it, we can raise money and, and partner with someone, uh, people who need it uh, more than we do. And there's a lot of need out there right now. Yeah. Um, but for us, it's just just a joy. And I appreciate that offer. Definitely, we'll, we'll get it out to you. Excellent. Excellent. Not using the songs that we use for the music showcase. Is there like three songs that you'd like to um, put on this podcast? Oh, wow. Um, what I would love to include... Uh, there's uh, a song called Those Days Again, which led off the EP uh, that was released last year, The Lone Pine Sessions. And it was, it's the song that wasn't written about the pandemic when it started, but by the time the song kind of came together, it was much more about looking forward to those days again, looking forward to getting out, playing in the cafes and, and all of that. And so it feels like we're there now. 
Spring is here, it's hard to tell, it's just as well. Everything is closed, and we ain't got no place to go. Yeah, no place to go. And if you ask me how am I, I'm gonna lie and say I'm doing fine. But inside it's like I'm doing time. Yeah, like doing time. And it's feeling like the temperature don't match the calendar. And everyone is in a haze. When I'm on the verge of cracking, I think back to basking in them rays. I'm looking forward to those days again. Getting together and just laughing with my friends. Making music in cafes again. I'm looking forward to those days. For a number of things I like about the summer I'm gonna say, oh man, I don't know man Maybe about a hundred Yeah, I think about a hundred Flouncy summer dresses And bright colored tresses The way that afternoons just sit and stay I cannot forget the way you look in sunset's golden rays I'm looking forward to those days again Getting together and just laughing with my friends Making music in cafes again I'm looking forward to those days Sorry for myself If I thought that it would help But that's never gonna change things So I'm thinking that instead I'm gonna look ahead At what tomorrow's gonna bring I think it's gonna be amazing It's gonna be amazing it's gonna be amazing I'm looking forward to those days again Getting together and just laughing with my friends Making music in cafes again I'm looking forward to those days again I'm looking forward to those days I'm looking forward to those days. Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin, and is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio Recording and Mixing Services 
specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project. All right, back to the interview. This year, uh, I released a single called April's Gonna Come, and it's uh, really a song of, of hope, and I, uh, I uh, did my first mus- like music video, not a performance video, but a music video to support that. But I would say April's Gonna Come is also just a, a great vibe and something I'd love to share.
Um, and then there's a song, uh, I think played Louisiana for the uh, showcase, um, but there's a song Joy that again was off that, uh, off that EP. Okay. And, uh, and just, just a fun song. It was, um, I was trying to channel uh, Allman Brothers and some of that Southern jam rock sound and putting it together. And again, keep in mind, this is me by myself in the basement doing all the voices and stuff like that. And, uh, but I will tell you, it brought a lot of joy to me to assemble that thing. And, uh, and I think that comes off in the song as well.
How's work-life balance for you? So that's, that's again, one of those learned things. Um, I've been doing music a long time, but I, uh, I got to a point in my life where I had to make a decision of what I wanted to do with, with my life and with my career, you know, at the end of college. And what was most important to me, I decided was to be able to raise a family in a certain lifestyle. And, and, uh, and so that led to the decision to go to law school, get a master's in public policy, which is relevant to sort of this whole big part of my life. I, I have, uh, enjoyed a, a variety of different jobs and I currently work for the state of Wisconsin as administrator of the Equal Rights Division. And we enforce over 40 different laws pertaining to labor standards and civil rights. And uh, and it's an incredibly rewarding job. It It is fulfilling. You're making a difference. You're working hard. Uh, and I I would never give that up. That said, I've also never been able to give up the music and the creativity. So even though I made this decision back when I was uh, 22 years old, uh, I cheated because I never gave up the music entirely. And there were a number of years, like when my kids were real young, that um, that took the form of uh, playing music through my church uh, and, uh, you know, just always getting out the guitar at different uh, gatherings with friends and family. And it was only when the kids got older that I'm like, you know what, I want to start a band again and got back into to that scene. And uh, more recently, it's been uh, with more of that focus on songwriting. And I don't know that there's a lot of, uh, I, I think it's different for different people how you do it. Um, but but I would say what's worked for me is number one, admitting to myself that I needed both, you know, and I have truly found that expressing my creativity and, and managing that creative lifestyle feeds the professional part of my life, you know, the, the, the other professional part of my life and vice versa, because the other ingredient is the discipline, you know, and, and being able to, to set goals, set uh, projects and, and stick to them. And those are skills that I've really developed in my other life. You know, mm -hmm. they, they feed each other in this way. And I don't, I, I don't know enough to know about right brain, left brain, but, but you need the whole brain and you need your whole heart. And if I was leading a life where it was nothing but, um, my desk job is rewarding as it would be, I'm sure I would burn out because yeah. it's, it's so demanding and it takes so much of that time, but here's this. And, and at the same time, if I were just trying to get by making music, I think I would go crazy there too, because it's, it's too volatile, uh, a career path, you know, to, to just rely fully on, uh, or at least for me. So it took trial and error. It took, uh, uh, a lot of just kind of figuring out what works, but it really boils down to accepting that I want to do both and then structuring it, having discipline and setting up goals so that I know what to say no to. And I know like, here's what I'm going to focus on so that I can say, this drives me toward my goal. This does not. Uh, and the only other thing I guess I would say on that, Zach, is uh, actually advice from another friend of mine, a musician, who said, you, you got to pay attention to 
when it's not fun anymore. And he had, I mean, he's still a musician, but he got to a point in his musical career where it felt, this is his words, but it felt like work. Like he was treating, it was work. And that same, you know, kind of heaviness of heart you have on the bad days where you're like, I don't want to go to work today. Like you start feeling that about playing music. You're like, that's terrible. Because music is a thing that you don't feel that about. And so recognizing that, you know, he made some changes for himself in terms of how he approached music. And that's always got me reflecting on it. Like I, I take what I do seriously. I take the business side of music seriously, mm-hmm. but it's always got to be fun. Yeah. Like you, you always got to figure out, is this something that's, that's feeding your spirit in that way? You know, even, even the bad gigs, like yep. they've got to feed your spirit in some way. <laughs> and speaking of gigs in general, which one has probably made like the biggest impression on you and, and why did it? Uh, the gig that I've played or the gig I've like attended? Um, I usually go for one that you played, but if there's one that you've attended that was even more impressionable, you can talk about that one as well. Sure. Or instead. All right. Well, the gigs that I've played, I think, you know, I, I've I've had the joy of playing, like I say, I've played Summerfest. I've played uh, for larger audiences. But honestly, the ones that I that make me feel most uh, energized and charged up are tend to be more intimate gigs. And as I think back on, you know, just some of my favorite musical memories and performance memories, they tend to be performances on people's porches. They tend to be performances in people's backyards where you don't necessarily have the big crowd, but there's an engagement and and a joy and oftentimes a participation, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, uh, uh, wh- whether it's people who are, uh, you know, they've had a few, few, uh, extra whiskeys or beers <laughs> and they're singing along at the top of their lungs or people get out their guitars and, you know, play along. Those are, those are my favorite music memories. Those are the ones that, you know, whatever else happens in my career, um, I never want to give that up. Yeah. I always want to be making music in some way like that. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and the last question I ask is what's on your playlist right now? Who are you listening to? Who's inspiring you as you're creating music? Oh, well, I should have prepared for this one, but I, um, so there's a, a kind of a super group. I'm with her uh, that uh, has been dominating a lot of my playlist for, uh, for a while, um, and individual members as well as, uh, uh, as them playing as a group. So Sarah Jaraz is, uh, is one, she's had a couple of releases, uh, from that. Um, and, uh, Brie Kennedy is a younger, uh, performer and songwriter, and she's got some new stuff coming out, which is why it's, it's kind of at the top of my, my playlist right now. Cause you know, I'm, I'm listening to what she's done. Um, and I, I really have enjoyed too, um, what, uh, what's come out of the, the high women, uh, oh, which yeah. is Brandy, Brandy yep. Carlisle super group. And, and I, I, I'm deliberately highlighting some of the women I've been listening to because I've been making an effort, uh, to really, uh, kind of explore that a little more and, and some of the, the, uh, 
the singer songwriters um, that are not not just because they're women, but because they're they're women in often a male dominated genre, yep. they, male, certainly a male dominated industry. There is a oh, it's I'm probably going to regret this word, but there's a spunkiness, feistiness, you know that that underlies it uh, that I'm I'm really getting into and enjoying. Uh, but other than that, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, really uh, great soulful music. Um, my wife and I both have gotten into we've we've kind of discovered Anderson Pack lately. Okay, and uh, it's not the s- sort of thing that we often l- would listen to, but man, he's good, you know, and just just captures some real groove. Um, and uh and i don't know i go through phases like i i went through uh a steve earl phase um where i was listening to so much steve earl for like a month and then and then i'm like all right i'll I'll move back out into something else yeah cool yeah um yeah me and my wife actually been following brandy carlo we've even went and saw them perform in seattle and red rocks and chicago and wisconsin a bunch of different places since like they came, I'd say at least 10 years now, almost even if not it, longer. She's, she's phenomenal. She's one of those performers that, uh, consistently can make me cry, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and not because I'm a guy or anything like that, but like, I don't cry at the drop of a hat, but there's something about the combination of what she sings about and how she sings it. Yep that uh that just hits those notes and together with just one of the tightest bands uh just just uh great talent and i love what she's doing as an influencer in in the industry um i love the high women project and kind of what it stands for and everything else is it's very cool yeah have you heard of the group joseph yes okay yes um White flag is uh, uh, often on my playlist. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, they're doing some great things as well. And the, um, and the other two that come to my mind is um, Deep Sea Diver. Um, okay. And um, the Secret Sisters. I know the Secret Sisters. Okay. And yeah, they're they're phenomenal. Um, there's there's a lot of yeah. really really great uh music that's out there right now uh again going back to what we were saying like it it's easier than ever i think to create and distribute music uh so now the challenge is sorting it out finding what you like um and uh yeah and then uh, again hoping that they can stick with it and and showing your support so that uh artists can keep creating great music agreed well jesus thank you so much for being on the wisconsin music podcast it was a great conversation a lot of information and hopefully um some people out there are going to enjoy it as well and get some great information from what they heard i appreciate it zach thanks for having me on thanks for everything you're doing to uh, promote local music here in the state uh really a lot of talent in wisconsin and i love that you're emphasizing uh all the different genres my pleasure Well, everyone, that's another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Jesus and his music. I know I definitely did. If you're interested in being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast interview or fill out the 
guest request on the website at www.wisconsinmusicpodcast.com. Once I get your information, we'll get you all set up. I'm actually have interviews set up all the way through the end of September. So October is the next opening for interviews. So get your requests in as soon as you can, even if you have an album coming out later this year or early next year. Let's get you guys on the books and get your interview up so people can hear about what you're doing. If you're interested, we have a new feature on Friday. It's called the Friday Music Showcase, where I showcase two different artists and they give us a little bio about themselves and a little information behind each song. If you're interested in being on the Friday Music Showcase, please email wisconsinmusicpodcast at gmail.com. In the subject, type in Friday Music Showcase, and in the email itself, send two songs, a little bio about yourself, and the stories behind each song. Also, send me your social links as well. I'd like to thank Nate Wyckoff for creating the music for the Wisconsin Music Podcast, and to Dean Bundy for our great voiceover in the beginning and intro. Thanks to Jacob at CW Hip Hop for syndicating our podcast every Monday at 4 p.m. at CWHipHop.com. Also, ZTF Studio Recording and Mixing Services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you on Friday. Have a great week.